in this um, um, series called Important, and, and we're taking passages out of the New Testament and, and just seeing the importance of it and, and why it is important. So, so I went on, on, a, on a search mission to, to actually what did Jesus say and all the words that he used and, and, and the phrases he used in the New Testament, and luckily there's great Bibles out there like the Red Letter Bible. It helps you because everything in red is what Jesus said. So you don't, you filter through and you can read everything in red. But there's some interesting passages that he has said. And one of it uh, is, is the one that we're going to read. And I love the message translation of it um, because it's not necessarily a Bible translation, it's more a paraphrase, uh, Eugene Peterson paraphrased the Bible uh, so that we can, um, might able to be, be uh, to, to help us to better understand um, uh, that part of the passage. Uh, and it's great because he, he uses a word in, uh, uh, in this passage, passage and, and it's the word Kurt, which obviously for me as a second language speaking almost Australian one day, um, I didn't know what that word meant, and I had to look it up, and it means rudely brief. I go, there's some South African in all of us, even in Jesus. <laughs> rudely brief, meaning it was important. It was important. Jesus felt, hey, it's important. And that's why I've chose this passage. But before we get to this passage, I want to share something with you, and, and most of you know my stories when it comes to cars and driving on the road, and um, I do have a heavy right foot. I do. Uh, it's just, I can't shake it. It's in our DNA. We've brought up with racing, and it doesn't help, especially when they double the, the merit points, and it doesn't help because uh, suddenly a $400 fine becomes an 8 $100 fine. Luckily, I haven't been caught yet, so it's great. But the thing that's working inside me, I'm not sure if you know, and, and this is the confession pulpit. Um, when I stand at a robot, a traffic light, not a robot, that's South African, at a traffic light, I get into the zone. It's red. I'm not sure about you, whenever I stand next to someone at a traffic light and it's red, I get into the zone because I want to know if I have faster <laughs> skills and reaction skills to the guy next to me. And it's just, you stand at the traffic light and I'm in the zone. The hands is 10 to and 10 past. I'm ready. <laughs> and it's green and then I go. You know what's frustrating? When there is a car in front of you. And so I've noticed something, right? I've noticed something with cars, especially that some of these cars has green peas on them. And they don't touch their cell phones, they don't. But have you seen them? They lean over. And I'm sitting ready at this traffic light 
and I go, how's the fastest way to jinx in front of them so that I can be first at the next traffic light? And at that moment when you know the light is going to get green, they lean over. And they have a little look. They just got a notification, not allowed to touch it. But then they start reading and the light is green. When I'm behind them, I'm sort of the most unchristian-like person on the road. And, and here's the Christian thing, what you ought to do, right? You, I mean, you, you just need to beep, beep, just be polite, just, just a polite beep. Just, just get going. The light is green. Get going. But the rage inside of me, I don't. I'm not polite. I'm, there's no PC there. It's just, it's not beep, beep. It's beep. And then what are you doing? <laughs> my wife is sometimes my conscience on the road. And she goes, you might be their pastor, you know. They live in the area. <laughs> but the light is green. The light is green. Here's the thing. Jesus and his word wants a higher life for us as Christians. He, he wants this abundant life for us as Christians. He wants this life that is beyond measure. But we're sitting at the green light. And we're not going. We, we don't get a move on. And I think this message this morning cannot, I don't think it's going to change your life. But it can be the catalyst that brings change to your life. And that is what I trust. Because in, in God's word, everywhere you read, he wants us to experience this higher life, this called life, this life beyond measure. But we are sitting at the light and the light is green. And we're not going anywhere. And we, we, we sort of like that green pea plate cast and just go, and we're not going. And, and I, I feel like my, after I've read this passage and I'm going to read it to you, my, my job this morning is, 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 is just to help you. Beep, beep. Just, just move. Just, just. But Jesus' response wasn't actually beep, beep. It, it was more of a beep. It was more of a curt, rudely brief because there's somebody that came to him because they finally decided they want to follow him. They finally decide, I'm going to follow Jesus. Hear his response to someone that says, I actually want to experience this high life that is in store for me. And Jesus' response to that is the following. We're going to read in Luke 9, 57 to 62 out of the message. It says, on the road, someone asked if he could go along. I'll go with you wherever, he said. Jesus was curt. And this is Jesus' response. He was curt. So he, he probably had a, 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 bit of, a bit of swag to him. And I go, you, you want to come along? Right. Are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best inns, you know. We're not going to surface paradise to the, to the Hilton Hotel like you know. We, are you ready? 
You want to follow me? Are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best inns, you know. Jesus said to another, follow me. Come, the light is green, follow me. Yeah, the response. Certainly, but first excuse me for a couple of days, please. I have, may, I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral. Jesus refused. First things first, your business is life, not death. And life is urgent. Light is green, church. Life is urgent. Announce God's kingdom. Then another said, I am ready to follow you, master. But first, excuse me while get things straightened out at home. Jesus said, no procrastination, no backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. Jesus was skirt and, and there, there was no PC here, church. There was no sandwich approach here. You know sandwich approach? After my very first sermon, let me tell you this. I had to go for a bit of culture assimilation. Because we sometimes can be very curt. And that's when I got introduced to the sandwich approach. It's great work, can do better, but you're great. Tell them how great they are. Then whack them a bit. And then tell them how great they are. Oh, Jesus. He goes, he's curt, rudely brief. He goes, you want to follow me? The light is green. Don't, don't hold off. How long are you going to stand still at the green light? Come follow me. But we, we, we tend to come up with these excuses of, but I, I first need to do this, and I first need to do that. And I, I have so much baggage that I actually can't follow Jesus properly because there's so many baggage, there's so many stuff that I, I still need to sort out. And sometimes our stuff gets in, to, in the way of our walk with Christ, and then we don't experience the higher life because we're standing still at the green light. And Jesus is, beep, beep, get a move on. Stop the excuses. There's a higher life for you, but are you ready to rough it so that you can? It reminds me of, of this old song, and, and um, a Scottish bloke, Dougie McLean, uh, uh, has, has sang this song, and it's Old Lang Sane. Old Lang Sane. It says the following, should all the acquaintances be forgot and never brought to mind? Should all acquaintances be forgot and old lang sang. What, what is he saying in the song? If you, if, you, if you look up the history of the song, what, what Dougie McLean is actually saying is that certain things should be left behind. Certain things should be left behind. I love this time of year. I don't know about you, I love grass and I love mowing my lawn. But this time of year, it's preparation time. Why? Because spring is coming. And spring is coming for you, church. There's, there's not just spring in the natural, but also in your spiritual life, a spring season. And what I love about the spring season, there's new stuff coming. 
There's new stuff coming for you, new spiritual blessings coming for you, new adventures coming for you. But as old things say, is there's certain things that you need to leave behind and start moving forward in your Christian walk because the light is green. You need to start, get a move on. But there's certain stuff, church, that we need to leave behind. The winter is over. And for some of us, we have been in a, in a winter slump spiritually. And I want to say to you this morning, the winter season is over. But in this, this new season, leave some old stuff behind. There's a green light, but let's leave some old stuff behind. And, uh, and, and it's time to move on. Jesus was curt, meaning he, it was important for him to say, stop making excuses. There's a new season. Come follow me, but leave some stuff behind. And I want to focus on that stuff that we need to leave behind because it's time, church. It's a new season and it's time. The light is green. It's time to move on from the past. It's time to move on from the past. You know that event in your life? that event that, that constantly defines you, that, that thing that happened in the past that constantly define you and, and you can't get over it, it's time that you move on from the past. It's time that you get going, but you have to move on from the past. This is where you activate the clear history moment, that button, clear the history of the past, because there's things that you need to move on from. Especially those, thi those things that, that constantly define you. Church, I want to say it to you this morning. That thing that happened to you when you was a kid, it, it, it ought not to define you because that is not who you are. You are who God says you are. And you need to start to move on and, and leave things behind. The reason, church, the devil brings up your past is because he's running out of new material. And we need to move on. Isaiah says the following, and, and, and I, I, I just love this passage because God has forgiven us. He has moved on from that thing. He's not thinking about it anymore. Isaiah says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now this, it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Some of us don't. There's a new thing right in front of us. The light is green, but we keep on looking into our rearview mirror of things that happened. It's time to move on. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. It's time to move on from the past. Second thing, it's time to move on from old habits. You know those addictions, that's not good for us. It's time to move on from that old habits, that, that, that thing that takes first priority in our lives. And, and maybe I should be a little bit curt and not too PC. If you've just woken up this morning and the first thing you looked at was maybe social media because you've missed out on a couple of things over the weekend, can it be that social media is currently your master in your life? Because that is the first thing you looked at this morning. It got your first attention. 
it's, it's time to move on from that old habits. Maybe, maybe your computer, maybe, maybe it's, it's certain words that has started to crept in into your life that suddenly there's a cuss word or three and it just becomes a, a bit of a habit and, and, and a bit more. Or, or whatever that is that has taken first priority in your life. Is it your work? Have you woken up, woken up this morning and, and the first thing was the emails that you scrolled through? Do I need to respond? We need to move on from old habits, that which has taken control of our lives. And, it, and it's not easy, church. And I'm not standing here and going, I don't have bad habits. I absolutely have bad habits. I've said it in the beginning of the year for those who attend the evening service. My baddest habit was coffee. I mean a lot of coffee. I mean that I'm fueled by it so that I can get by. Bad habit. Best way to break a bad habit is to fast. You might ask, but Zalvin, what is fasting about? Why do you fast? Is, is it to, to turn God's arm, to, to receive his blessing? Absolutely not. That's the worst and the weakest religious teaching I've ever heard, that fasting is there to turn God's arm and, and to get his blessing. Do you know what fasting is about? It's disconnecting from the world to focus on God. It's disconnecting from that habits to focus on God. I, I, my, my, my yearly and, and monthly rhythms, fasting is built into that. I've struggled so much with coffee in the beginning of the year. I had about 12 a day. I know. That was their response as well. Why? Like me a good coffee. Mm. But God, it's taken control. It's taken the first priority. It can't be coffee and God. It needs to be God and coffee. Fasted coffee 21 days, beginning of the year. It was the worst 21 days of my life. <laughs> Headaches like you can't believe. Withdrawal symptoms, I could go bear hunting with a switch. But it realigned, it realigned my life that my dependence is on God and not caffeine. Why? Because I've disconnected, disconnected. I wanna, I wanna encourage you, build fast into your life. I've just come, and it's not to brag at all. I need God in my life, church. I'm just as broken as you. I just come from a 21-day fast. I fast the news. It was brilliant. Didn't know what was happening. Didn't know it was, I had so much peace. I even played better cricket, and you can't ask my cricket teammate. I was so focused. Caught every catch there was to court. Not sure if that was even good English. Bad grammar, but good theology, though. says in Isaiah 58, 6, it's not this kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. God, we ought to fast more. How do we move on from old habits? Take a journey, start fasting. 
Start fasting, 21 days. Zawan, how do I fast? There's so many different fastings available for you. There's a complete fast. I won't suggest it if this is your very first time fasting. You're gonna hallucinate, whatever that word is. You're gonna start seeing things that you're not supposed to see. Just partial fast. Take 21 days and just do fruit and vegetables. Or, 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 or soul fast. Get rid of social media for 21 days and the news, and everything that is secular, just listen to worship music. Or fast your coffee for 21 days if you were struggling like me. But what, what do we do? We disconnect from the world, we disconnect from that old habits, and we move on from that old habits to connect with God. And to focus on Him, it's time to move on. I've been preaching so nicely. Not nicely, so I, what I meant to say is I enjoy currently preaching and I've lost time. Time to move on from old hurts, church. The light is green, but we're stuck here because we've been hurt. Because people has, have hurted us. Stuck here because, and we can't experience the high life that God has for us. We can't experience the abundant life because the light is green, but we're stuck because of old hurts. Here's my question regarding old hurts. What are you able to do with that? Nothing. Nothing. If I have to go back to everybody that hurt me in my life, what am I going to accomplish? Nothing. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 18 says, and it's a great reminder, therefore, if ever, anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. If we have been reconciled, that just means that our balance have been brought to zero. Meaning there was a balance of sin and filth and wickedness and things that are not from God. But God has made us brand new by reconciling Him. He has taken our balance of stuff, church, that's, that's weighing us down spiritually and He's reconciled it. He made it zero. He has forgiven us. We can move on and forgive, church, those who have hurt us. It's not easy, and that's not what I'm saying, but it is possible. And you will discover a greater freedom, and you'll discover the light is green. I can move on and experience a high life. I can't start the next chapter of my life if I keep on rereading the old one, church. We need to move on. We need to make time for change. And it's time to change. It's time. The light is green. Matthew 4, 17 says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. We have made that word such a bad word, repent. The Greek word here is metanoia means the renewal of your mind. When Jesus says repent, he says renew your mind. 
meaning there's, there's an ability for us to change, to think differently. We, we've made this word such a bad word in our culture and context. It's, it's almost repent or you go to hell. Turn or burn. Slap the pulpit. It's not the word. The word is think differently. Get away from that old habits. Think differently. Repent. Metanoia. It's a renewal of mind. And then he says, for the kingdom of heaven has come near the kingdom. <laughs> Who's the king of your kingdom? It's time to get a new king of your kingdom. Because sometimes it can be social media. Sometimes it can be our work. Sometimes it can be stuff. And then he says, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Meaning it's not easy, but he's close. And we can make changes. It's time to make some changes. So I want to end off with a couple of application points on how can we make these changes. How can we make these changes? One, it's time to get closer to God. It's time to get closer to God. It's time to make that change. Go all in with him. Spend time with him. Put him first. Pray first. It's time to get closer. Hey, church, how different will your life be if you commit 52 Sundays to him? Serve him. If you commit every morning by starting off with, good morning, Lord Jesus. It's time to get closer to God. It's time I have a personal life mantra and I wear it on a bracelet, pray first. About everything, pray first. We've moved to acreage and currently trying to keep a chick alive. I didn't know what to do, so I prayed for the bugger. <laughs> That's the only thing I know. I'm a pen pusher living on an acreage. What was I thinking? And suddenly Friday morning comes Uncle Peter. He's a man of the soil. Old Boer from South Africa. Great guy. I said, Uncle Peter, this thing is dying. He goes, it's thirsty. <laughs> that just reminded me that prayer works. Because I was actually trusting God for the supernatural, for the healing. Get up. Well, I have to discard you, get up quickly. And Jesus sent someone on my driveway to just, and sometimes we miss the supernatural moment in that. Why? Because we, we wanted to see the great thing and Jesus sent a person. Why? Because God moves with the movers. He's gonna move with you when you start to get, in, to get close to him. If you draw near, the Bible says, James 4, 8, come close to God and God will come close to you. If you put a foot in his direction, he'll come running towards you, church. It's time to draw near. It's time to get closer to God. If you want something you've never had, church, you need to do something you've never done. Pray first. Start fasting, putting him first. Get closer, draw closer. The light is green, church. And Jesus was curt. He, he's beeping you. Get a move on. Are you ready to rough it? 
Sometimes we are so comfortable in our Christian walk, we don't even share our faith in our workplace. Let's just not offend. Jesus goes, are you ready to rough it? Draw close. Draw close. It's time, number two, to get honest with a friend. It's time to get honest with a friend. That secret that you keep in your heart, it's going to eat you alive. Church, we all have struggles. We all do. But that friend that you trust, share that secret, share that pain, share that, that stuff. Don't keep it for yourself. I've said it many a times, church, we go to God for forgiveness, but we go to each other for healing. James is very clear, 5.16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. When my heart is heavy, when I struggle, when I've done things that, I'm, that I've done wrong, I, I, I make sure I need to confess it to a friend because I know that's where the healing lies. That's where the healing lies. It's time to get honest with a friend. Number three, it's time to get in tune with your purpose and your passions. You can't wander around, why am I here on earth for? You have to know this truth this morning. If you wanna experience the higher life, if you wanna experience a Christian life that God has intended for you, discover your purpose and your passions. Discover, go on a spiritual gift journey. Go do the test online, there's so many. Do a couple. Discover that, that spiritual gift and that, that purpose and start living it out. You have a purpose. Your purpose is not just to buy bread from Coles and keep your family alive, it's so much more. It's so much more. Galatians 6, 3, 4, if anyone thinks they are something, when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Oh, I love this verse because it says we, we should test our actions. Are that what you are currently doing? Are that part of your purpose and your passion? Should have been an ease, I'm not sure. but Is that part of it? Church, it's time to get in tune with your purpose and passion. And that's what I love about my job. My biggest role as a pastor is to take you on a spiritual journey. Not just to, to hit the pulpit and preach at you. That's, that, that's actually secondary. It's to have that conversation and, and help you along and go, hey, have you discovered this gift? Are you living out? It's just seeing another perspective of your own story and go, come on, let's go on a spiritual journey. It's taking you from where you are to where you can be. I love my job. I love seeing and helping people discover their purpose and then seeing them live, their, live it out. It's time, church, that you get in tune. Do you know your spiritual gifts? Very quiet. Do you know what your purpose are? Number four, it's time to get, it's time to get on doing something greater than yourself, myself. 
love it that, that, that Steph was here. You're gonna think, oh, what, what, all day time. Mm. It might be the best thing you've ever discovered. Go to sit with them, pray with them, play them a song. Because when you discover your purpose, church, and when you discover your passion, and when you start to live a life that is greater than yourself, suddenly those life's problems that was so big starts to get very small very quickly. Because when you know your purpose, you're gonna see that your purpose is so much bigger than your problems that you're facing currently. My job is to just point you in the right direction. Hey, you have problems in your life? Go serve. Go serve somewhere. That problem, I can promise you, will suddenly start to diminish very quickly. Get smaller and smaller. Ephesians 2.10. God creates each of us, each of us by Christ Jesus to join Him in the work He does. I mean, we get to join in, partner with God. The good work which He has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. If I dedicate my life to something greater than myself, church, God will fill my life with passion and a lot of adventure. Here's the thing, I can't go back and change the beginning of my life. I've said it in the stuff that happened. As a kid to you, maybe. We can't go back and change the beginning of our lives, but we, can't, but we can start here where I'm at and where you are at, and we can change the ending. We start living out our purpose. It is time because the light is green. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you also for your grace for a new season. I pray, Lord, that everybody here will, will see a picture. God, will you take the paintbrush and a brand new canvas for this new season and paint the picture of what you dream and see over everyone's life here this morning. May that picture and be so vivid, Lord, that they'll know what their next steps are. Lord, we wanna follow you and experience the high life. And as every eyes is closed and every head is bowed, maybe you're sitting here saying, oh, no, I don't understand really what Christian faith is about. It's very easy. Jesus Christ has forgiven you and he has a gift for you and that gift is eternal life. You can't perform for it. You can't earn it. You just have to accept it. If you're questioning the faith this morning or maybe you, you haven't committed your life to Jesus, maybe you thought it's about rules and regulations, it's not. It's about accepting the gift of Christ, the gift of salvation, that's it. It's grace, you can't earn it. Maybe you wanna accept Jesus this morning and the gift that he has for you. I'm not gonna expose you or anything, I just wanna pray for you. But you have to accept the gift that Jesus has for you. If that is you, every eye is closed, every head is bowed, I'm not gonna call you to the front. I just wanna pray for you. If that is you, would you raise your hand quickly and let it down? Thank you, you can let it down. 
Thank you. You can let it down. Thank you. One last time, if there's someone else. We have two hands this morning and we're going to pray with them. So if you've raised your hand, I want to pray for you. I want to ask you, just repeat after me, but the rest of the congregation in support, we're so glad you did it this morning, in support of those who has raised their hands. Will you pray after me as loud as possible? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for giving your life so that I may live. I come this morning and I declare that I am a sinner in need of a savior. Thank you for shedding your blood and forgiving all my sins. Lord, I accept the gift of salvation and I declare you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, the heavens are roaring. Come on, let's cheer them. I want to invite you, if you've raised your hand, we would love to take this journey and walk this journey with you. So on our website, there's a little widget on the right-hand corner. It's two steps of two footprints. And then you can click on that and just click on the next steps. I've decided uh, widget. Uh, fill it in. And we would love to walk alongside you on this journey of faith. You're going to heaven, you know, and nothing can keep you out. Come on, church. Nothing can keep them out. Let's stand.